Hey everybody, welcome to episode 10 of the Average Investors Podcast. I took a break last week due to some personal reasons, but I'm back here to deliver another episode. In this episode, we will talk about venture markets such as the OTC and TSXV securities, and also financial planning. To start things off, let's talk a little bit more about what the OTC, PNK, and TSXV markets are. I'm sure a lot of the listeners haven't heard of these, especially for those that aren't in North America. I'm sure you have a similar market in your country though. Well, to start off, these are more commonly known as markets for penny stocks. I really want to talk about these because a lot of new investors usually get sucked in by some hype of making a lot of money fast, or some friend knows some small startup tech company that's guaranteed to be the next Microsoft. So I want to make sure that I cover this early on because I don't want listeners to make a big mistake in seeking big gains, but instead end up losing a lot of money. But let's dive in. So penny stocks are publicly traded companies where the stock trades for less than $5 a share. These are usually small cap or even micro cap companies. They're usually in their very early stages, just when they're kind of kicking things off. Some big companies that many of us know were also once penny stocks, such as Amazon, which IPO'd at around $2 a share, or Advanced Micro Devices, better known as AMD, which was around $4.50 in 1981. These are just some of the many successful penny stock stories. So, what is the OTC? TSXV, and what some have heard of, the PNK. Well, OTC for starters stands for over-the-counter. This is a market in the U.S. where over 10,000 companies are traded on. Many of these companies are penny stocks. Some are established companies, though, that are just trading on another bigger exchange internationally, such as the legendary Japanese gaming company known as Nintendo, Swiss biotech company, Roche, or Chinese tech conglomerate, Tencent. And over in uh, the US, they trade on the OTC as they don't have to comply with as many uh, rules or the uh, financial cost. But the majority of companies listed on the OTC, though, are small companies that have small market caps. The OTC, which I will focus on, are securities that are not listed on any exchange, but trade through a broker-dealer network. The market doesn't have a particular location either, and overall it is an unregulated market. Now what that means is that they don't have any requirements as they aren't listed on an exchange, such as the uh, New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, or TSX. They are instead being sold by a market maker, which can be a firm or an individual. And a market maker, just as the name suggests, makes a market, a little micro market. So the market maker will get a price that the company wants to get for its shares and then try to list it for a slightly higher price. The market maker will then sell these to investors and keep the difference for themselves and give the company the price that they wanted. Now, there are some electronic bulletin boards which list a bunch of these companies for investors to purchase from, such as OTCBB, 
which stands for Over-the-Counter Bulletin Board, that is run by the financial industry's regulatory authority. There is also the Pink Sheets, which were the famous place for penny stocks back in the day. So this gives you an idea of how OTC stocks are sold and listed. And as you can see, they do not work how exchanges do, but are quite different. The OTC stocks are also in this way unregulated and have little financial oversight compared to big exchanges. The OTC stocks don't necessarily have to share data such as financial statements, updates on the company, or if they do release data, have any of that data really validated thoroughly. They could flat out lie if they feel like it. The TSXV, which stands for the Toronto Stock Exchange Venture, is similar to the US-based OTC, except it's the Canadian version and has around 2,000 companies listed on the TSXV markets. It also shares the same narrative of being very deregulated as well. These two markets have an abundance of companies listed, and a lot of the companies that we see on the New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, and TSX were once on these exchanges, well, markets. So you might be asking yourself, what's the advantage of the TSX, New York Stock Exchange, and NASDAQ over the OTC and TSXV? Could I possibly get in a future giant such as the next Facebook? What does it take to get uplisted from an OTC or TSXV to the NASDAQ or TSX? Well, to start off, the advantage of being listed on the big exchange is that companies have access to much more capital. This is because institutions, funds, and most individual investors primarily invest on exchanges over the OTC or TSXV securities. It's sort of like buying a car from a dealership versus off of a private ad like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. The dealership has a lot more variety, a lot more customization. The vehicles are also more trusted and you can buy brand new cars with warranties versus private sellers where you have to be much more vigilant with their cars. Securities on the big exchanges such as Microsoft for instance, are a part of many mutual funds, ETFs, and many everyday people's retirement plans. Now the second question is on whether you can get in on the groundwork of a potentially future Amazon or Facebook, something big that you can really get into on the early stages. And the answer is kinda. I say kinda because yes, you can. In fact, every company was small when they started out. And getting in during the early stages could make you substantial profits. The reason why I said kinda though is because there are a vast amount of companies on these markets and so many of them are pump and dumps where a group of individuals pumps up the price and pulls out their profits so many of the people left are left with a loss. So many are honestly scam companies that hide their financial statements and lack transparency because there are a bunch of shady things going on in the background. And also, a majority of these companies have been on the OTC or TSXB for a long time and have just changed their name around every few years because they are, they are lacking growth and innovation. And they know that this way, at least they can attract some new investors 
and really squeeze out those extra uh, dollars from them. Now, having said all that, you can find some companies here and there uh, if you're looking to invest in venture capital companies. But do your research, look at financials, make sure that the company is being transparent with their financials, make sure the product is truly innovative, and lastly, look at the leadership to see if they are truly capable of growing. So when investing in these venture companies, please be very careful and proceed with a lot of caution. With investing, patience is key and waiting to invest because you don't have all the data and research is okay, especially with venture companies, because you always want to protect the capital that you put in first. And with these venture companies, because they are small, waiting a year will not harm any big gains that you'll be making. The last question is, what does it truly take to get uplisted to the TSX or NASDAQ for these OTC or TSXV companies? Well, for starters, the company can do this in a few ways. First off, is that they need to have a certain amount of shares issued to the public. They need to disclose financial statements for the last three years that meet revenue, earnings before tax, and cash flow requirements. The company must also meet the market cap requirement, total assets, share price, and stockholder equity. Now it doesn't have to meet all of these to get listed. They can receive a conditional listing by meeting some of these, but the more the better. This is all done in a bid to keep the big exchanges clean and have some quality to the companies that can be featured on these exchanges for investors to buy into. Also keep in mind that listing on the TSX or NASDAQ will have larger financial implications and will require higher costs in the company's accounting department to track the financials as well. So not every company is ready to list on these big exchanges due to the costs. Now, this covers a lot and I know that not everybody will be investing in these OTC or TSXV venture companies. But for those that are, please be extra cautious. Also, if you ever want to learn about what it takes to get listed on a big exchange, you can find all the details on that exchange's website. For example, the NASDAQ website for details on how to list on the NASDAQ. Now the next topic for this episode is about how to plan your financials and becoming much more financially aware of your spending. Many listeners might not have a lot of money at their disposal, and it can be tough to even think of investing. It feels like each and every paycheck comes and goes just as fast. This happens because either one or both of these things, overspending or not earning enough. You're either spending too much. This could be either because of your home, your car, food, or your lifestyle, or a combination of these things. A good way to see this is to track the last 12 months of your accounts and cards, then note down each thing into different categories, such as housing, car, and public transit into one, food, student loan payments, credit card interest, and other categories you may feel that apply to you. Now remember, my chart, my tracking might not look like yours. So get a little creative with it. 
Once you note down these categories, you will be able to see whether, um, where most of your paycheck is going to. You can have a better idea of what you need to cut back on. You can see ways that you might be spending money on eating outside interest payments or perhaps car payments that just aren't necessary. Maybe you're driving a car that's just a little too pricey and you can get something that maybe doesn't have as many features or just doesn't cost as much because of the repair. If you are serious about being able to save more money from pay from your paycheck, then you need to cut back on some things in your life. You can use apps such as Mint to help you track your spending and many others to help plan your finances. If you feel as though you really can't cut back much more, you feel as though you're just trapped, it might be time to think of ways to increase your income, to increase that amount of money you bring in each and every day. This either means finding a new job that pays more, learning a new skill, picking up extra shifts, doing a side gig such as grocery shopping for others like Instacart, or perhaps selling items that you have in your basement that you never really use. Another one that's usually not utilized is actually house hacking or renting out space that you can live without. Maybe you have a bedroom that you don't use. Why not rent it out? Maybe you have a basement. Well, you can rent it out and make some money. This could be a fantastic way of house hacking where you could get a roommate or tenant in your basement that could help you cover a lot of the house expenses. I brought this topic up because I don't think you're ever stuck if you keep your mind open. Sometimes these challenges can help lead us down a new path that we have never imagined before, such as a new business opportunity that pops up from this and becomes your full-time job. So always keep your mind open and use those tough times, those tough situations to help promote your growth. In one of my last episodes, I talked about creating a position in Unity, something I've wanted to do for a long time. And in the last week, they have just reported their earnings and the earnings look fantastic. But if you guys do pay attention to the market, you've realized that the market overall has gotten a little beaten down. Now, this may ward off a lot of investors, but because I just started a small position in this company, I took this opportunity to help purchase more shares. I bought them around, I'd say, $79 to $80 a share. But this helped me kind of build my position in a company that I've liked before. And with strong earnings, I'm only going to just grow my position as long as this company keeps performing. And I mean, right after I purchased those shares, the stock went back up. But that's normal. Volatility is normal. It's about being smart and understanding that you've done your research and you trust this company. And you just want to take advantage of those low turns. And that's where I also say, build the position. Don't just dump all at once. And also keep some cash on the side. It will come in handy. Now, that's all for today's episode. Please make sure to give a review on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify and YouTube. Also make sure to send any questions you may have to the Average Investors 
at outlook.com email. It'll be in the description and feel free if you have any questions or need any help. Thank you so much for listening and take care everybody.